can we just lift up our hearts just to God? Maybe close your eyes and just experience His presence on another level. Breathe the atmosphere of heaven for one more second just before we go into the Word of God. Father God, I believe that God is just saying to this church that this church is a refuge place. For, for broken people as a refuge place for everything and everyone, every person and everything that has breath to come into this place and experience the restoration and the outworking power of my spirit. And surely, yeah, there shall be a lift as you lift and build this church. Others, others around that join this place, join this family, will be lifted in the spirit realm beyond what you would presently see. There will be houses built and there will be vehicles bought and purchased and there will be transactions and and uh, and all sorts of things will happen. Financial transactions will begin to take place. You'll even see a lift in the political arena as people are joined to this fellowship and they'll begin to influence and impact and infiltrate areas which were formerly restricted and inhibited and prevented you from going in to those places. But there shall be, even as you build in the spirit world, there shall be a release of that which I'm about to do in the natural world for they will hold hands with each other. They will partner and there will be a lift in every aspect both in your natural life in the life of this church as you build in the spirit there will be a building in the natural get ready for it don't be surprised when it comes already you're in a season i believe with all my heart i don't think that i'm prophesying this but i can sense it and feel it that you're in a season of great revival these things are not normal that you see these things are not just every average average every day but there is a transformation power that's uh, that's absolutely working in the atmosphere around your world right now and these things i tell you there's a shaking happening in the spirit world and the holy spirit is here he is not a thing or he is not an influence but he is the person that jesus sent jesus said when i go i will send the holy spirit and the holy spirit is the person the third person of the godhead and you might be feeling something on your physical mortal body right now you might feel something when you go home today it might come with you for the next six months but it's not an it it's a him his name's the holy spirit and he's with you the power of god is with you he wants to be not on you but in you and as he gets in you the bible says this that out of your innermost belly shall flow a river of living water so he wants to get a hold of your spirit man and cause like a, a, a whirlpool within you that's sometimes people mistake that for an excitement they get excited about what is happening but it's actually a stirring of the spirit of the holy spirit that's getting upon you and so think it not strange when you see things begin to occur that are outside of your control i've seen god bring people who are drunkards and addicted to all sorts of things instantly as they come into the presence of the holy spirit have those things broken off that psychologists and all of those things can't do and all of a sudden bang holy spirit comes and he's just here he's here today with you he is able i want to just say today if you've had a miracle that you know has been totally out of your control i want you for a couple of minutes just to hold up your hand say i know i've had a miracle can you just put up your hand now everybody 
you've had a miracle. I want you to quickly look around, see who's had a miracle. Have a look at the hands. Have a look at the hands. Have a look at those hands. A miracle. Outside of your control. Let's give the Lord a hand for that. The Bible says He can only do great things. Isn't that awesome? He doesn't just make chewing gum. He can only do awesome things. He doesn't make rupees. He makes awesome things. And you and I are those awesome things. And He wants to work in your mortal body to do awesome things. If you're looking for a further miracle today, because we've already seen a testimony or a witness of miracles. If you're looking for a miracle, I want you to stand up on your feet this morning, just quickly. If you're looking for a miracle, yeah, that's okay. You don't have to all stand up if you're not looking for a miracle, but if you are, everybody's looking for a miracle. Everybody's looking for a miracle. Now, if you're not looking for a miracle, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. I want you, see, when I want to receive a miracle, it's like a, I have to go to a place which is a posture. There's a posture of the Spirit. I'm not talking about natural things. I'm talking about supernatural. It's a posture of the Spirit. So to posture my spirit into the place of the miracle, I have to, one, one I, peace, I go to the place of peace. I take a deep breath and I let my spirit go to the place of peace. And so turmoil, I let it go. I let all of the voices go. I turn them all down, all of the raging voices. I turn them down. So would you just follow me and do this? And then I put my hands out. And I lift up my, va- my face as if I'm lifting it into the, into the heavens. And uh, just like on Christmas morning, when I was getting my gifts as a little kid from around the tree, I, I start to see myself, I'm receiving. I'm receiving. And sometimes it takes a couple of minutes to go to the place of the miracle. But right now, I want you to receive your miracle. Two weeks ago, we prayed for a young girl just in an atmosphere like this. She had one leg shorter than the other. It was 25 millimeters shorter than the other leg. And just as we went into this place of receiving the miracle, her leg grew. 25 millimeters, same length as the other one. We had to wait for it. We had to work the miracle. The Bible says we should work miracles. It takes a working sometimes of our faith. Right now, wind of the Holy Spirit wants you to receive Him. Receive. Receive your miracle. Receive. Miracle of breakthrough. Receive. Yeah. The Bible says that He is the Father who only can bring good gifts. Receive. Receive your miracle right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Receive your miracle right now. Right now. The miracle is beyond man's intervention. Beyond man's capacity right now. Receive. 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 Receive your miracle. Receive your miracle. Receive your miracle.
Now, when you know that you got your miracle, just you take it on board and, and don't condemn yourself that you got a miracle. Some of you are uh, going to go to your accountants in the next weeks ahead. And I can tell you right now that God is going to show you that he's done a miracle in your books. Because he cares about the very small, intricate things. And uh, somehow we, we know, I've experienced that the Holy Spirit comes and he does things and miracles happen. And I don't think that God so much cooks the books, you know, because he's into honesty. But there's sometimes like a baffling ability that you knew that you weren't going to have that much in surplus. And all of a sudden, when you look back, wow, there it is. And some of you right now need that miracle. You need that breakthrough. And there's some, I just saw some areas of some internal work, some organs sort of getting adjusted in the spirit. And he does that. Some of you have been having some stomach troubles and stuff like that. And you're going to leave this meeting today and you're going to feel that that's gone forever. Some, some things. Yeah, come on, let's give the Lord a hand. I just feel that happening. Some adjusted, yeah. Uh, some kidney things that uh, maybe some stones. I see some stones leaving right now in the name of Jesus. Right now in the name of Jesus. They're just going. Absolutely. Kidney stones, leave this building right now. Leave these bodies right now. Any of them that are here, right now, leave. They've troubled you. They're giving you pain. In Jesus' name. I see some blood disorders. Um, just right now, some blood disorders, some low blood pressures, and uh, some anemias. Some, a couple of the girls, maybe, who might be suffering from this, may need iron and all that sort of stuff. They're being fixed right now. Right now, in the name of Jesus. Right now, in the name of Jesus. Now, if you know this is happening, I want you to come back to Pastor Ryan in the next weeks and say, you know what, the meeting on the, whatever it was on the today's day, um, something happened and I went back to the doctors and um, he assessed me again and it's gone and I got that healing that morning. And then tell, tell Pastor Ryan, because when you tell, the Bible says with the word of our testimony, that's the witness things that we experience and only our lives can, and the blood of the Lamb, that's what Jesus did. As we partner with those two things, we overcome the devil. We're praying for people on, uh, when was it, on Wednesday night? Wednesday night at Ghoul's Place, Pastor? Thursday night? For depression. There's some people here that suffer, wrestle depression. Wrestle wrestle like depression is like a black cloud that overcomes you and it overwhelms you the place of the melancholy heart you go there and you just feel totally overwhelmed it's like going for a swim on a shore that's got six foot dumpers and bang it comes upon you i know what it's feeling like and some of you are breaking that off right now even what happened on thursday night is happening right now no longer shall that pervade you and break it off in jesus name some of you are on medication for that don't go off your medication immediately. But as you ease yourself out of it, you'll need to do that. Get some medical advice and ease yourself out because there will come a time where you won't need it anymore. But do it in conjunction with physicians, okay? Was oh, that all right? Come on, let's give the Lord a hand. He's doing it right now. In Jesus' name. 
That's the power of miracles. That's the partnership of the Holy Spirit. This is the supernatural. This church is a supernatural church. You're here not just to uh, have a, just a time, but a supernatural time. I can feel it in the Spirit. God is going to leave a residue of this meeting and this day and this, this baptism. He's going to leave a residue of this, you know, experience it for the next few months. You can feel it. Already some of our people are beginning to see angels. Now, that's not for everybody to see, but some people who are given to that can see it. I was just telling Ryan, every time something God wanted to do something significant on the earth, He sent angels. Remember the birth of Jesus? He sent angels and they announced to shepherds. Uh, uh, I always say to little kids, I say, why shepherds washing their socks by night? But it was actually shepherds watching their flocks by night. And He came and He proclaimed these angels, proclaimed all these shepherds washing their socks. And, uh, and then said, there is going to be one born, the Emmanuel. But I love it. I read the Bible and I see that whenever Jacob Jacob went to sleep, put his head on the rock. The rock is Christ Jesus. And whenever a church decides to put their head on the rock, Christ Jesus, and be strengthened by Him, empowered by Him, as soon as we put our mind, that's our head, our intellect, our emotions and our thought life on Jesus, on Him, what He's done, what He can do, what He accomplished, not in our own abilities, but as soon as we decide, I'm going to get my intellectual understanding on Him, then you know what happens? Same thing happens, what would happen with Jacob. He says, surely this is the house of God. Surely this is an awesome place. And at that moment, he saw an open heaven. Ascending and descending came angels. Angels began to carry them. The Bible says in Hebrews that they are the ministers of fire. And whenever they are coming on the earth, and some of you have been seeing them, seeing them over the last couple of days, whenever angels start to be seen, God is about to summon His power and do something significant on the earth. I know that because I find it in the book of Revelations as well. God did it in the beginning of the New Testament and then He did it on the second part or the last part before He wound up all things. It says angels began to come and invade the atmosphere. Seven angels to the seven churches were released and began to be released with various judgments upon the earth. And so God will do things with those, those flaming, fiery ministers of God. Isn't that awesome? And so expect it. I've read books about visitations and uh, through every major revival has ever happened. It started with two things. It started with a church hungry for God under an open heaven. Let's have a look at this stunning thing that the, uh, the screen that they've done for us today. Can we have a look at that? That's, that's what I'm going to be talking about. Under an open heaven. And uh, wow, look at that. That is amazing. Is it? Come on, let's give our AV team uh, thank you for that. That is an amazing thing. See, God wants us to know that He wants an awesome relationship. You can sit down, my man. You're, isn't He awesome? Can I, can I take you back to home with me? And, and then I'd only leave you with Shaker. <laughs> no, you, know, you stay here. It's good. I, I'm going to just bring over some of our team to learn some things off you guys. you got something special happening here. Hey, fantastic. Is that a right? I just thought I'd flow in the Spirit uh, with Him and connection with Him. And I think if I don't do that, I'd be doing... Who felt that they got a healing just now? Yeah, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, that's great. That's great. You're just getting healed in the presence of the Lord. You should. We should expect that when we come together that that's what happens. And then, you know, my our church in Joondalup was birthed in miracles. Our first meeting. Uh, Ryan was actually my drummer. He was uh, 14 years old on my first meeting in June Delup. Um, and uh, we, we 
had one lady walk into a service in a room not big, not much smaller than this or bigger than this, and she'd been looking for a healing, and she'd been looking to come to Jesus. So we asked. I did two things. I invited her to Jesus, and she responded, "said I want Him in my life, and I want to be." She said, "I've gone to church all my life, but I've never known Jesus." And so we asked her to um, invite him in. He came in, and then I said, "Is there anything else I can do?" And she said, "Well, I've got terminal cancer. I've got three months to live." And I said to her, her name was Sheila, and I said, Sheila, what do, you, what do you want to see if you got healed? She said, I want to see my granddaughters grow up and uh, graduate from high school and, uh, and become in their 20s. And I said, well, let's just believe God. So I held her hand, and we trusted God. She had three months to live, terminal cancer. And uh, that morning, uh, she received her healing, and uh, and... She went back to the doctors over the next weeks and they said that cancer has gone into remission totally, cannot be found, not one cancer cell within her body, not one single cancer cell. <laughs> Praise God. 19 years later, which was only last year, Sheila passed away into the presence of the Lord, seeing her granddaughters grow up, go to high school, go to university and graduate. She saw and got her dream. See, yeah, come on, let's give the Lord a hand because he is able... That's the foundational stuff that God does. And it comes out of relationship with him and people who, you know, who want to just pray. And that's, that's what happens when you get an open heaven. That's what's happening when you guys are coming together. There's an opening in the heavens. And things which were hard and difficult, beget e they get easy. And Father wants us to partnership with him in this thing called prayer. And as we pray... Prayer is not uh, a gift of the select few. It's a, it's a relationship of communicating with the Spirit of God. And deep within us, we're a spirit that calls to the Spirit of God. And when we start speaking to Him and calling out to Him and walking with Him, then the Spirit of God walks with us. And the heaven opens and miracles begin to happen. Miracles that you couldn't even understand or calculate or make happen it comes out of a transference when we pray uh, open to heaven comes and there is a transference that gets on us that comes from heaven in Matthew 21 12 Jesus says this and it's a great story you all know it where he comes and he cleanses the house from all the distractions that distract us from one thing walking with him and sometimes you and I, being human as we are, we get distracted by all sorts of things. Even the church, we get distracted by management systems. You know, we get distracted by, it has to be done like this. It's got to be done like that. And, and it's like, sometimes Jesus just comes into the thing, into the scene and says, would you take, would you clear the floor? Because my house is, should be and is called a house of prayer. It's a house of walking with him. Listening to him, being in love with him, and having a good chat with him. And when you chat with him, you come into the miracle zone. He answers with miracles. He answers with the supernatural. Who knows Darlene Check? You ever heard of Darlene Check, this chick that writes all these marvelous songs? She says she's she said in one of her songs that she's changing heaven, touching heaven, changing earth. See, prayer is touching heaven. And changing your earth. 
And as we touch heaven, we change our earth. Jesus said he's going to give us the keys of the kingdom. They're like putting something in a lock that opens a door. And all of us, every single one of us, are holding a key that opens some area that is restricted to some other people, but it becomes access all areas to you. We went up to yesterday to uh, uh, Zara. Is it called? What's that shopping center? Said I'd call it Zara because it's got the big Zara sign out the front. High Street Phoenix. We went up there, and Ryan knows the guy where you're going to move our wonderful church to, and so. Ryan says to the guard at the front, hey, how you going? And he spoke some Hindi stuff. Tell her, hey, stuff like that, or whatever, I don't know. Acha, and uh, <laughs> it's, it's about it. That's about all I know. And, uh, and so I said, comedy club, you, you want to employ me? I can be funny sometimes. And, <laughs> or no, 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 it's not possible. But Ryan, he knew Ryan, and Ryan, he said, I'll go in, access all, all areas. And so we just wandered around backstage, around everywhere. Hi, Ryan's saying hi to the security officers. Now, I, I'm thinking everybody must be able to just walk into this place. And then the boss comes down. He's, he knows that we're there. He, he says, oh, can we do coffee together? We didn't have time because we had other things to do. We, we wanted to go to movies and see Mad Max. I had prioritized some things. <laughs> and so, but Ryan had access all areas. And so prayer is... It's like that. Walking with Jesus gives you access all areas. Suddenly you find, I don't have to be doing all of these religious activities to try and get access all areas, but there's uh, access that I have through walking with God. And uh, I love this um, area here, uh, this book of James. I'm moving on really quickly because I'm, I'm just considerate of time, your time. That when people pray, something happens. It says of this guy, Elijah. In James chapter 5, verse 16, it's, it's talking of him. And uh, we sometimes think of Elijah. Who, who knows this guy, Elijah? Who's read about him? He's an extraordinary guy. We think, wow, what a guy. This guy can you know, stop rain. Rain you know, hits a stop sign. Brakes go on. They've suddenly got drought. And then he says, there's not going to be rain. And then he says, there is going to be rain. And then all of a sudden, it rains again. We think this guy must be like, Da -da -da -da, Superman, he's got an S on his super Elijah. Must be some supernatural guy. But in fact, the Bible says he's just an average guy. How do I know that? Because it says he's a guy like, like me, of like passions. In other words, that's the earthly realm. Our passions are earthly. He said he's got all the feelings that you and I have. And so it's not his great ability. He's, he's like, he does dumb stuff like me. Thank God for that. He is not Superman. He's not Clark Kent, you know, able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. It's not his ability. Prayer is not the secret realm of those who have a great ability. It's not the secret realm of pastors. Oh, the pastor, he must pray. Man, he's a man of God. He must pray. No, it's the realm of all of us because it's a relationship with Jesus. It's a relationship with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he wants, you say, well, what would he want with someone like me? He wants everything to do with somebody like you. In fact, the Bible tells us that that if there was just you on the earth, he still would have died for you and I. Just you. Just you alone. And he didn't have someone like you. Dina, he didn't have someone like you. He longed to have someone like you. He longed to have someone like you, so he made someone like you so that he could commune and be, hang out with you and talk with you. And that's why we should respond to him. Prayer is not a 
rigorous, laborious thing where I'd say, I'd get into some framework and say, Oh, thou art truly holy, and I am so humbled, beseech me, the wreck that I am. It's not that. And he would, the Bible says that of Queen Esther that like she came before the king and he extended the scepter that gave her the authority to walk boldly into the, into the throne room of the king. And God is extending that scepter to you and I to say, would you boldly come to my throne room and talk with me as face to face I receive you. You don't deserve it and that's okay, I understand it. But in spite of that, I extend it to you by grace. And therefore, so you know, I sometimes come and I feel uh, I've got to kind of step up my engine to, uh, I haven't been good enough, I haven't been reading enough Bible, I haven't, I haven't spoken uh, that well, I, I gave the sign of disapproval to that budget auto rickshaw driver that cut me off and I shook my fist at him or whatever. And then I don't feel good enough to talk to God uh, on sort of this face-to-face, but he understands my temperament insecurities and he still says would you come and talk to me and that's what he's saying to you today I don't have to burn some more candles I don't have to ring some more bells I don't have to read some more Bible I don't have I don't have to fast some more I don't have to get on my bended knees any I don't have to get the self-flagellation whip out anymore he says would you just come as you are and I want to talk to you as a friend face to face that's prayer it says of Adam, he just walked with him in the evening, in the cool of the evening. So this guy, this guy Elijah, says the effect of fervent, fervent prayer of a righteous one avails much. You say, I'm not, that, I'm not that righteous. The Bible says you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He's made you everything you need to be. Not by your works, but by his, what he's done. He, 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 stood on, he, he was crucified on the cross and he said, it is finished. Say finished. You know what that means? It means everything that needed to be done was done when he died on the cross. And all I've got to do is accept it and receive it. And at the moment I accept it and receive it, it's finished. And because of that finishedness, you know, see, religion makes everything so hard. Makes the simple things of God so hard. But see, walking with God makes the hard things of God so simple. That's the difference. That's the ultimate test of whether you know it's religious or whether it's him. See, religion says, I've never done enough. It says, but the righteous one avails much. You are the righteous. And so it talks then about this man, Elijah, was a man of like passion. In other words, he was a guy who didn't always make the grade. He was like us. But when he prayed, earnestly, you know that earnestly word means he was passionate. I love a passionate church. Sometimes it's got to shake off the, off the heavy bands and just say, I'm passionate, I'm following after him. That it might, he said he, pay, he prayed passionately. He didn't go, uh, stop the rain. Uh, rain, don't be so naughty. <laughs> naughty rain. Would you just please, monsoon, stop? But, it, but he was passionate. And whatever passion means for you, that's what he was. For me, I just see passion was like someone who just stepped out of the, you know, into a bold zone and said, that's enough. Had to raise his voice maybe. Just chop it out. Pointed to the rain. He pointed to the rain clouds. And whatever he did, you see, when, when Moses went to walk 
into the realm of the supernatural. He, he had the Egyptians want to drag him back to the things of the old ways and he had a sea of impossibility before him. And the moment God says to him, would you get off your feet and stop praying? This is a time to stop talking. And there's a, stop, there's a time to be passionate. And he says to him, what have you got in your hand? He says, well, I've just got a little rod that I kind of used to drag sheep around and hook the bad kids, you know, uh, with me, the bad, the bad sheep. And he said, will you please stretch out what's in your hand and be bold? So we went, bold! And the sea opened. Oh, look at that. See, if you just go to the place of boldness, that's, that's fervent, purse, you know, passionate, earnest prayer. And as you go there, because he's with you, he's not against you, you can be passionate. You can be fervent. He's not against you. He's with you. And he prays that it didn't rain on the earth. And for three years and six months, the rain stopped. That's amazing. And then in verse 18, it said, And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth caused its fruit to sprout. Let me tell you, when you start to pray, there will always be a transference of rain. You can, at the end of your prayer, is the beginning of God. At the end of your prayer, is the beginning of the next chapter. Always expect, when you get up off your knees, or you finished walking around the garden with the Father, that at that point, He says, I'm about to move. I'm about to bring some rain around here. I'm about to bring some growth that's never happened here. I'm about to sprout some seeds that have never been sprouted around these parts before. I'm about to do something that's been very dead for a long time. When you start to get in that relationship, when you finish, he begins. Where you end off, he starts. When your full stop is there, he's on the next page, the next chapter, the next thing. The new thing is about to rise. I tell you, there's a new thing rising over some of you right now. You prayed for a long time and there might have been no rain on your world. There might have been no good sprouts. There might have been no good thing coming. But I tell you, at, when you've run to the end of yourself, Father steps in and says, I'm about to do a new thing. And he's about to do a new thing in so many lives that you and I haven't even seen. The Bible says, ear has not heard, nor uh, eyes seen that which the Lord has got in store for you. What a promise. You know there's 33,000 promises in the Word of God for us? And they all end in yes and amen. Isn't that cool? That means, yes, I'm with you, and it's a big amen for me. It's a big like, yeah, hey, I'm with you. Isn't that good? So this guy's not perfect, but it's through unrelenting prayer, never giving up, not apathy, but passion. These things come to pass, and the heavens begin to water things. You know, some things uh, just get some things get a little stubborn. You found that they just get a little stubborn. They won't move. It's just like they they're at the door. You open the door. Um, I find sometimes one of the most stubborn things is credit card debt. Just doesn't seem to go away. And then I get a call from some guy in an, uh, in a Bangalore call center. Hello, Mr. Waters. <laughs> uh, I want to tell you when are you going to pay your bill? <laughs> and I go. Uh, well, soon. Well, where, how well, I want to ask you, Mr. Waters, how soon? And I go, well, n next week. Would that be the 14th of uh, June? Uh, yes, it could be. Oh, okay, we'll put it down. And don't we forget, don't be forgetting that uh, next one, next one, your next repayment is next month, this time. Now, by the way, can I just ask you a few questions? 
you find that those few questions just go on and on and on. Do you still drinking coffee? Do you still living at the same address? Are you married to the same woman? You know, they just go on and on and on. <laughs> and, then, and then they ask you after all of that, are you happy with our service? And if you say no, you then at that point get reminded everything is being recorded that you've been saying. <laughs> Don't you feel like that sometimes? That there's these impossible things that just stay in the way and there is a small Bangalore call center guy just making life hard. <laughs> Boy, it's okay. Everybody else can have it, but you can have it. You're not good enough. You're a naughty, naughty boy. I feel that sometimes. But you know, the Bible says this in Matthew chapter 17, 19. It says this, that the disciples came to Jesus and says, we have a little Bangalore guy in our call center and he won't go away. No, they didn't say that. Said, said, we're having a problem with something that won't move. It just will not go away. And he says, it, it, we tried. And like the three little walls, we huffed and we puffed, but we couldn't blow the house down. Jesus says, not a problem, boys. He says, he says okay, I'll, I'll, I'll stick to the scriptures. I'm writing my own Bible. It's called the Rod Version. Everybody else has had a go. So why couldn't we cast him out, they said. Why couldn't we get rid of this thing that was immovable? Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. Oh, oh, that hurt. That hurt. Ouch. That hurt. And they said, I, I love this. Says, Truly, I say to you, if you have faith like a mustard seed, you'll say to this mountain, this small Indian in the Bangalore call center, <laughs> already get out of here. Uh, move from here, and it shall move. Don't you love that? And he says, nothing is impossible to you. Some of the things that you and I have thought are impossible to you, they are impossible to you, but the moment he gets inside of that, it becomes possible. He makes the impossible possible. He makes the light dark. He makes the night day. He makes those things which have never been able to get a breakthrough have a breakthrough. That's him. However, he says, I love that, however. I hate the howevers. <laughs> I hate howevers. He said, this kind, I love this, you can underline it, this kind of frustrating little Bangalore call center operator doesn't go away except by prayer and fasting. Oh, <laughs> that's the key. It doesn't go away unless there's prayer and fasting. So there's a position. So you, next time you get the call from the, you know, the Amex, the guy, I'm praying for you, dude. I'm going to pray for you, you little Bangalore call center man. He just says, what are you talking about? But there's things that, <laughs> there's things that are moving in your life because you're having a chat to Jesus about. They're going to move, not because you're putting more horsepower on the ground, not because you're putting more muscle into it, not because you've got another angle off. I just try my business to just, I'll just do a few more things. I'll just open a few more things here. I'll just do a few more. I'll run around a bit more here. I'll go over there. and have, He says, if you just come and have a chat with me, that thing that's been troubling you is going to move over. 
Is that okay? Is that, am I speaking to someone this morning? The Bible says man doesn't live on, on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. When you and I start to talk to him, there starts to be words in the spirit realm that begin to proceed from his mouth. And as they begin to proceed from his mouth, they begin to unlock some things that were unable to be unlocked by any other thing. Is that okay? Here's what happens. Uh, now, I'm, I'm, someone said, uh, when a preacher takes off his watch, what does that mean? Nothing. doesn't mean anything. <laughs> I can't even see it anyway. I look in, it's so dark in here. Garima gave me this watch. It's beautiful. I can't read it, Garima. I need a, a new one, a slightly bigger fossil. I saw one at the airport. <laughs> 10 to 1. Oh, my God. <laughs> what, what time do I finish? 10 minutes, 1 minute, 5 minutes. Five, oh, 5 past 1. Thank you. Thank you, son. I love you, son. I've always loved Ryan. He's just so cuddly. It's always been cuddly. It's always been a cuddly, cuddly man, cuddly baby. It's just beautiful. Here's my first baby. So, yeah. Ah, there you go. Now I've got grandchildren. They're awesome. Who loves Willow? Isn't she cute? Oh my god. My camera is just going to melt. <laughs> see my post this morning on Facebook. If you're not my Facebook friend, you can be my Facebook friend just so you can see my photo of. That's my photo of her and me, which is good. Don't look at me. I'm just old and ugly, but she is so beautiful, isn't she? So uh, where was I? This is what happens when the church prays. See, church, church prayer is always about us walking with Jesus. You know the Bible says it's our Father? Something special when the church comes together. And we understand he's our Father who is in heaven. See, we can often pray... And have a walk with him like Adam had a walk with God in the garden. But when the church comes together, a whole different dimension of the spirit happens. And, and we see him as our father. We've, and that means you and I are the sons and daughters of a common daddy. Wow. So pretty soon, all the prejudices that we have against each other because of difference of tribal languages and tongue and different skin color and whatever, we all understand that, hey, He's my daddy. In him, there's everything. He's my daddy. Who's your daddy? He's my daddy. <laughs> You're so bad. You stop that because it makes me even worse. <laughs> Revelation chapter 8 said, this is what happens when we start to understand that our father is here. This is when we start to pray together and all talk to him in one accord and we start. That's what the church was birthed in, 120 people in the upper room. Could you imagine all those 120? And that must have been a he, he, a he big church building. I mean, a huge building. I was going to say hellish big building, but that, that wouldn't have been good in church. And then I said, come out he. I dropped the L parts. And so, so you know, uh, that must have been an awesome time where 120 different people were all in, up in this upper room somewhere. Uh, I'm thinking about the cooking problem. You know, I'm thinking about your morning snacks. They're calling me right now. And, uh, but that was 120 people for, for uh, like weeks, and they were there in an upper room waiting on God. And then all that Father could do, I love this, was respond with the Holy Spirit power to that cry. And he poured out his spirit. The last time the earth had a pouring out of his spirit 
was in in the Old Testament in Babylon the Holy Spirit came down and confused their language they couldn't talk to each other it bought Hindi it bought Maharashtra it bought Australian it bought Italian it, it, it bought bring Chinese and suddenly there's disunity and we can't talk to each other anymore and we start we give up building our tower which was reaching to the heavens but then 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 Thousands of years later, then comes the power of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts, and God pours out His Spirit. And then what happens is one language given in the upper room. They all get unity. It says they're all together in unity. And one language, they start speaking and understanding each other in one heaven-spoken language. And the Holy Spirit is poured out. And they begin to pray. But it just doesn't end there. It spills out onto the streets. And 120 people... Peter stands up in the public mall and begins to say, this is that which the prophet Joel has spoken about hundreds of years ago. These people aren't drunk, for this is the power of God. And he pours out his spirit and 3,000 people get swept into God's kingdom instantly. That's the miracle. And so you and I, this is what happens when we begin to corporately come together and reach into heaven. Revelations chapter 8 verse 4 says the smoke of the incense the smoke of the incense which comes with the prayers of the saints ascends up before God from angels hands come on they're waiting for us they're waiting to take your voice your words your desire your heart for Mumbai and your region God is wanting churches to be planted out of the very belly of this church that's being birthed right now. You're in a birthing time, but you're going to plant to the nations. He's waiting for that to happen. And so when you start coming together, say, Father, 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 would you, would you come? Would you be with us? Would, we're looking for heaven. We're looking for the transference of everything that you have in heaven. You know, the Bible says there is not one tear in heaven. There is not one lack in heaven. And so he begins to transfer all of that that's in heaven comes from like through, through this worm gate, if you like, through this openness in the spirit world and begins to manifest on the earth where there was lack. There is no lack. Where there is pain, there is no pain. Where there is sickness, there is now healing. There is a total transference of the power of God. He says, I'll do that by angels ascending with what you give me and then I'll begin to shift it downwards into the spirit world, into the heavens, into your heaven and this heaven or this earth will become a heaven. Isn't that awesome? It's like incense. In Revelation 5 verse 8, and I'll finish with this. It says, When they had taken the book, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. Who's the Lamb? Jesus. And, having, and one, each having harps and golden vials full of incense. Here it is, full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Wow. If we're looking for change, we just come together as God's people, as God's children. We start seeking His face. If my people, that's the hinge of heaven, if my people will pray, I will heal their land. Your politicians aren't going to heal this land. Neither are mine. Your Prime Minister, Mr. Modi, is not going to heal this land. Neither will mine. Your government, the change of it, 
the solutions for all the financial woe of everybody on this earth, the pain and the misery, the wars and the destruction that we see, we don't have the answers for that. But I think that when the church, when we begin to pray, he begins to bring the answers. He begins to bring supernatural power on the earth. We get a prison break. I see the church praying in New Testament. I see them praying. They're praying for Peter. Peter's been in prison. He's, in, he's a believer. He's been in prison. And they start to pray. And pretty soon he's shackled between two guards. And there's a rattling inside the prison. And the chains fall off. And Peter stands up and walks out of the prison. When the church prays, I tell you what, there's some people in Mumbai that are going to get a prison break. There's some people in slavery that are going to get a prison break. I was up in Siligri. They had the United Nations Summit on slavery in India. And, they, and I met with one of the guys there later, uh, one of the high commission guys from Delhi, one of the Australian high commission guys. And I said, what, what's going on? He said, they traffic 100,000 little kids out of this region every year. And we're here to have a summit on it. We don't know what to do. I want us to know that we can pray and we're going to see a miracle from that and shake some little kids. Out of, we're going to give some people because of this church, because we meet together and we seek God and we have an open heaven, we're going to have some people who get a prison break. I'm going to close. I want us all to just close our eyes for a minute. Just, just for a minute, you can give us something, Maestro. Father, I want, to, I want to just meet with you. If you want to meet with God in a new way, just open up your heart. If you, as you said, maybe, maybe you've become weary in prayer. <laughs> it's a very difficult tree to grow. It's a very difficult tree sometimes to keep growing because we just get busy. But if you're looking for a new relationship with God this morning and you've been straining a little bit, you know, maybe you feel I should get in the, back in the reading the Bible or I should maybe do a bit more of this, a bit more of that. Prayer is the engine room of God. It's the oxygen of heaven. A Christian really can't live without prayer. There's an umbilical cord that keeps us connected to God. So this morning, Father, would you connect us again? Would you connect us afresh with what you're doing? Fill this room with your presence. Connect us afresh. You may hear, be here this morning, maybe for the first time, or maybe you've been a few other times and you've said, you know, I don't know how to respond to what Jesus says he was. He said he's the only, he's the only prophet that ever came onto the earth. People call him a prophet. And he said, I'm the only one who's ever done this. I've called myself not a prophet, but the Son of God. And he said, if anybody wants to come to the Father, he first must come to me. So this morning, if you're saying, I don't know how to come to Jesus, and I don't know how to come to the Father, but I'd, I want to give you the opportunity just before we close this meeting and I step down, I want to give you an opportunity. Maybe you've said, I don't know how to do that, but I'd like to. I'd like to be able to walk with, with the Son of God and, and have a new, fresh relationship with Jesus, but I don't know how to do that. Pastor, would you pray for me? And if that is you and you want my, my prayers and you want me to pray for you, in a few minutes I'm going to ask you to lift up your hand and say, would you pray for me because I don't know how to do that. I'm going to say, I'm just going to ask you to put up your hand and I'll pray for you. You don't have to be embarrassed or whatever. Just in a few minutes I'm going to ask you to put it. Yeah, I see. Yeah, not yet. There's some other people that have walked with God and they've slipped away and they felt, well, you know, I've just tried all these things, but it hasn't been working for me. It hasn't I just felt I'm being far from God. And if that's you, maybe this morning you say, Pastor, will you pray for me? Because I would I used to walk with God, but now I don't. I feel so far away from him, but I want to come back, but I don't know how to. 
In a few minutes, I'm going to ask you to put up your hand and I'm going to pray for you. Now, if you fit into any one of those categories, you don't know how to walk with God, you don't even know how to pray to Him, you don't know who He is, but you'd like to get to know Him and you'd like me to pray for you. Or you're someone who walked with God and you've stepped away and now you don't know how to come back. If you're in one of those two categories, I want you to, just while every eyes closed, no one's looking. No one's looking at you. No one's worried about you at this moment. If that's you and say, Pastor, just slip up your hand. Yeah, I see that hand. Is there anybody else? Just slip up your hand. Yeah, is there anybody else? Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Is there anybody else? Just slip up your hand high. Keep it there for a few minutes. I see that hand. I see that hand. Is there anybody else who wants to be included in that prayer? Anybody else? Yes, I see that hand, sir. Is there anybody else? Yeah. Been with God, walked away, or you don't know how to come back. Yeah, you put your hand down. I've seen them all. Is there anybody else you put your hand down? Why don't we all just stand? And as those people who put up their hand, would you just come out the front? I'd love to pray for you. Is that okay? Can I pray? Those people that just put up their hand, can we all stand? Can we all just stand? Those people who put up their hand who want me to pray for them, can they just come down here? I'd love to pray for you. I'd love to pray for you. It's what I've come for. Church, will you pray with me for these people, with these people right now as I lead them? you pray with us? Can you say after me, Heavenly Father, I come as I am. I bring myself to your river. And I ask you to renew my heart. I acknowledge that only you can do it. And I thank you for the free gift of your love and salvation. And I invite you in to take control of every part of my life in Jesus' name. You know, the Bible says if you prayed that prayer for the first time or maybe you prayed it again for the second time or whatever, the Bible says that His angels again. It says angels in heaven rejoice over that. Amen. And so should we. Come on, let's give the Lord a wonderful hand. Angels rejoice. The word rejoice right there means they dance over us. That's what it means in Greek. 